Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Gordon Senior. Joining me this week is Jamie and Calvin. As we discuss our latest defeat at Motherwell, we discuss the ticket arrangements at the football club and a various other host of topics, including the women's team and our trips to uh, Parkhead and that home game against St Johnston. Enjoy. Jamie and Calvin are here. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Um, we obviously had no game at the weekend there, so we've decided to um, have this one a little bit later and we've let the, the Motherwell defeat die down a little bit. Um, I'm still raging. What about you two? Oh, I've, I've fully recovered, uh, unlike you. We've actually been pretty pissed off quite a lot this season, believe it or not, even though we are sitting third in the league and we're in the, the, the cup quarterfinals and we've obviously had a wee jolly in Europe. But they, they have found plenty of ways this season to piss us off. And continually, I'll say to myself, nah, that was definitely the, the, the worst performance of the season. And then they go and produce another one. Certainly up there is one of the worst, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, probably. I, I wouldn't say it's up there. I would say it is. Um, given the respect of teams, I'd say Libby away at the start of the season in September was my worst up for them. But given that Libby a fourth challenging for a European spot and Motherwell were well, the worst up until that weekend, were the worst team in the league, were the worst home record in the league, and we've actually got a fairly decent away away record. You know, I would say it was it was quite easily the worst performance of the season. Um, I don't know if I'm still raging about it. I think I'm more. I don't know because we've not had a game to get out of our system since. It's kind of just been stewing a bit. Um, could have really done by having having a game my after. Although the game after it would have been set like away had that not been postponed. So maybe it was for the best. Because I can't imagine that with anything good would ever have came of that game. So yeah, at least this gives us a chance now. We've got St Johnston on Saturday. Maybe we really need to go and get a win, get out of our system, because it's just. The gap getting narrowed to five points and having two weeks to stew on it just doesn't. It's not good. It's not good. I really, yeah. It's it's all. I don't want a lot of thinking about that performance. A long time to think about, it. and it's yeah, shocking. Yeah, you obviously mentioned the performance here as well. I, I guess it was the manner of the defeat. I think that pissed everybody off. It's you know, it's a game on the tail. It's an early kickoff. You know, we know Motherwell have had the the new manager bounce, but to go there. With you know just shy three thousand fans buying the goals, and produced such a tepid, and and it was quite frankly an embarrassing performance. And I don't think Hearts deserved anything out of the game. I know they had a couple of opportunities in the first half, but they produced virtually nothing. And to give away the the kind of schoolboy goals that they did, it it does make you question almost the mentality of this Hearts side that they can't seem to go to Motherwell uh, on a Sunday when they already know what's required. They can open up a, a sizable gap in third again and they can't get the job done. I actually think it was a case of them believing their own hype to an extent. Not lost anyone by the old firm since, what was it, October? Aberdeen away. Motherwell bottom of the league. We've just doing quite well in the league. There's a bit of a cushion there. Too many people are talking about third being wrapped up and I think they went in that game and went, ah, this will be a bit of a cakewalk. And you can sort of see it in their, in their attitude. Whereas, like you say, Motherwell got the new manager bounced. They're fighting for their lives down there. It's a very tight relegation. It's not a cut adrift. But we do this every season. I've ranted about this a, a wee bit, where last season it was Dundee and St. Johnston in the space of a week, bottom, and then the team then went at the bottom after bottom beat us. Both beat us in the space of 10 days last season. Season before, beat off Broda and Queen of the South around about the same time of year. It just seems to be March. And we get to the point where we think the job's done. 
and then we chuck in an absolute horrendous performance. Let's not be like this. It's not like that. Motherwell performance has been coming. We've been winning games, picking up points, but we've not exactly got some really good results as well. But at any point, for maybe half an hour against Aberdeen, 20 minutes against Hibs, and you thought like, we actually played really well? Not really. And we're always going to come undone. It's just we've came up against a team that that were absolutely battling for everything that was there and we just didn't have it didn't have it about us to do anything. It was yeah. And I really hope this is the experiment of playing Shankman as a centre midfielder over. I, I doubt it will be, but I really, really hope that that's the, the wake up call that Nielsen needs for uh, the guy that's on twenty goals to play in the position he's got with the majority of those twenty goals from. But we'll we'll wait and see what Saturday holds. Jamie, I mentioned uh, on last week's show, I don't know if you listened, um, I've been expecting this Hearts team to uh, actually kick into gear. And as Calvin mentions there, we haven't really been playing particularly well, even though we've been getting results. Only lost to the old firm, of course. Um, I guess the manner of those defeats you can certainly scrutinise. But um, is this as, as good as heart, this Hearts side can get? Or, or can they actually go up levels? Was this just a blip? You know, that traditional kind of fippity, February blip that, that seems to happen, as Calvin was saying there. Um, or or is this generally as good as it gets for this Hearts? Like, can they actually produce a lot better? I think right now it probably, in terms of results and the league table, this is probably as, as good as it can uh, as good as it can get for us. Um, but in terms of performances, I, I do, I do agree. I agree. The Motherwell one's been coming. Um, and you know to to look back at the kind of recent results have kind of got them in front of me. The the Hamilton game, I thought we were very good for the first half. Um, and I know the Hamilton one, obviously you're going to take that with a pinch of salt because obviously they're they're a division below us. And the second half. We uh, we totally fell away after some substitutions. So again, does that uh, fall on on the manager's kind of changes from the bench? You look on the the, the game before that was Dundee United at Tynecastle. Uh, again, we were a goal down in that as well, and came back. Obviously, United had the man sent off, and and that kind of seemed to swing the game kind of back in our favour. Then you've got the Rangers game where we were. Totally outplayed. The Livy game was a bit of a write-off just because it was Livy away and everybody was like, yeah, fine, take a point and get back up the road. The Hibs game at Easter Road, the Hibs had their chances that day. It was 3-0 to Hearts, obviously, as we know, but Hibs had their chances that day. The Aberdeen game you're going back to now as well, and uh, obviously that was a 5-0 game, but a lot of Hearts fans that night left saying, I didn't even think we played that good. And and so, you know, what does that tell you? I don't know. I, I'm normally the, the the positive one on the show but but I agree the performances haven't really um haven't really been probably as good as last season um and you know again hearts put up a, a video on social media today with guys like Liam Boyce Benny Beningamy Peter Haring and you forget I, I, well I have anyway that these guys are all out injured are they going to come back in and make a you know make a difference yeah I think they would is as it is it as, is it an excuse? No, it's it's not. And you can't can you use the injuries excuse anymore. I think at the start of the season when we were in Europe, um, and we were playing Thursday, Sunday, these were these were valid excuses, but not really anymore. And yeah, I don't know what Saturday holds. Saturday's a big game. Hibs are what five points behind us. Hibs are at Livy. I fancy Hibs to go to Livy and pick up three points. Um, so if. Uh, if uh, we well, we need to get the get the job done against St Johnson because then it's a a tough trip to Parkhead on the Wednesday, and then we've got Celtic in the Scottish Cup again, so we could 
really do with a, a comfortable home win, I think, would would be nice. But uh, yeah, we'll see because St. Johnson will have have their uh, have their own things to say about that. They're having an all right season. They're St. Johnson. They're normally very difficult to difficult to beat. I know we managed to go to Perth and, and beat them earlier in the season, which is something that we've not done for I don't know nigh on a decade. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens at Tynecastle on on Saturday. Feels like we need an early goal because I think Tynecastle can be a, a tough place to play when the the crowd are uh, not on your side well, not 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 on your side let's say on your back a bit more um when you need that kind of boost it's it can sometimes be a wee bit uh not toxic because that's an exaggeration but it, it can be a tough kind of place to play i think when uh things maybe aren't going your way but you mentioned things not going our way there but do you think that's maybe down to personnel do you think it's the formation i mean what what kind of what do you think needs to change? Because you, you did mention the players out injured there, absolutely, and I agree with you completely. I think Beningame, for me, he comes back into that team and, and they, they become a different side. Same with Boyce as well, playing down that hole. You would imagine then, if he does team up with Shankland, he will then move further forward, you you would assume. Um, but w- what do you think now, with the, with the players that, have, that Hearts actually have available, can they do to get better performances? I mean, you, you look at the... I mean, we've... I think spoke about it plenty of times how Nielsen just seems to be obsessed with his back three. Um and he, he's almost hell bent on shoehorning players into different positions just so he can play that that formation. Do you feel that that changing the formation, having a back four, having a little bit more structure in the middle of the park might see Hearts then kick off and, and, and produce better levels of performances? Um you know, obviously I don't know. Um but I would like to see a back four. I, I don't like the back three. Um I don't know if it would bring an improvement. I don't know. We would we would need to see it to um see it to see what happens. But if you look at the the defense and the midfield that started at Fur Park, so you had Michael right to left, you had Michael Smith, James Hill, Toby Civic, Stephen Kingsley, Alex Cochran, and then you had Robert Snodgrass and Cammy Devlin. So when Hart started this back three last season, you had John Souter in that back three largely. And what happened was John Souter or uh, Stephen Kingsley, who had been on the other side, would take the ball. They'd be either side of Craig Halkett, who had some of the best aerial statistics in the league last season. The problem for me with the, the back three the now is we're very weak in the air. So you look at guys like Obika, Van Veen, totally bullied us in the air. Um, so without someone like Halkett, who has such good aerial statistics, we really lack that aerial presence. But then with the ball at our feet, last season, John Souter would take the ball and would drive forward up to halfway with the ball. He would then draw an opposition midfielder to him, and that would leave a space for someone else, like a Barry Mackay, whatever. It would leave space in the opposition half for someone to drop into and receive the ball, turn, and we would move forward. But now I don't think we're... Our centre-halves aren't driving forward with the ball, and what's happening is Robert Snodgrass and Cammy Devlin are dropping so deep to get on the ball. They've, they're getting the ball right in front of the back three. And it means they turn, they've got three centre-halves behind them, and they've got the, the Snodgrass and Devon on either side of each other. Full-backs are supposed to be high, but I would argue that if you pin Hearts' full-backs back, you've only got, what, three players in front of for those guys to pass to. So that means Snodgrass is under pressure. He's got, I don't know, three or four players in front of him to pass the ball to. And that's not what the back three was brought in for last season. So we've totally changed how we use the back three to when we used it last season. The centre-halves drove forward with the ball, drew an opposition player to them. That created the space for someone else. 
that's not happening because our midfielders are now dropping in to get the ball off the back free, turn in, and it means there's just fewer people up the park. There's nobody to pass to. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. So in essence, what you're saying is we're playing a back eight. Back seven, I think, is it not? Back eight. Shanklin, Shanklin joins in. Shanklin, <laughs> Shanklin, <laughs> um, no, I, I absolutely completely agree. But surely then you've got to say to yourself as a manager, then if something, if you haven't got the personnel to play the formation that, that, that you want to, then surely you've got to adapt what you want to do to suit the players that you have. Yeah, because of, because and, and I just don't see this getting kind of spoken about. You know, there almost seems to be this sort of thing that you can't criticize the manager now because well, we criticized him before and he turned it around. Now you can't criticize him again. That seems to be the type of kind of narrative that a lot of people take these days. When in reality, I thought most of the performances this season and certainly the defeats have been down to him and his naivety at times. Um, now, I'm not going to make this a, a, a Nielsen bash show because we've had plenty of them over the years and I think a lot of them have been justified. Um, but surely you have to say to yourself, if he chucks third due to his complete and utter naivety and not getting his best out of this squad, because it is absolutely the best squad that certainly Hearts have had, in my opinion, since 06. I don't think there's any doubt about that. In terms of the depth that they have, in terms of quality players that they do have, the attacking talent they have that we don't actually seem to utilise, for me, it, it really frustrates me. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, Nielsen, is, uh, this is as far as, as Hearts will be able to go. This is the best we'll be able to do. I don't think it is because I think if, if another manager in there who has plans B, C, D, E, F, G, I think they can get a, a lot better out of these this squad of players at the moment, the attacking talent that they have. Um, now, I'm not going to criticise Nielsen because, because he is obviously five points clear at the moment. That's absolutely fine. But surely you have to say to yourself now, if we want to get better and we want to get to that next level, then the, the manager's going to take some responsibility here and show us that he can turn things around and change the team. And that's going to surely start on Saturday. Um, massive game, as you say, Jamie. Um, Calvin, in terms of Motherwell, I'll, I'll come to you on a, on a final word of it. I, I, you, you were there, I would imagine. Um, massive support. Big opportunity to go clear in third. Do you have your reservations about this heart squad? I mean, do, do you think it is kind of just that blip, or do you sort of just think maybe well the the manager can change things and we will be able to get better out of this squad? I, I think it's it's one of these things we, we want. I think everything Jamie said there was absolutely bang on about why things have been going how they've been going, and I've said I said it earlier in a, in a review earlier on about. We've we've got better players than the other teams in the league, which gives us a chance to win games. Like Dundee United's probably a prime example. United were all over us, even after the sending off. They had, they had chances, and then we changed up with twenty minutes. They will turn the screw and blew them off the park, and then just by virtue of guys like Shanklin, Mackay, Humphreys, etc., just just being better than anything Dundee United had. I think the problem that we kind of had is we knew this system wasn't working, and to give Nielsen a bit of credit here. When you're getting the sort of results, two, three, and all Derby ones, five, nine, and Aberdeen, three, one, and Sunday United, going from what were six points behind in third to eight points clear in third, regardless of how well you're playing, you don't change it when you're on a, on a run like that. I, th- I think I can see why it's it's infuriating because, like Jamie said, you effectively end up with, with Robert Snodgrass as a, as a six, uh, six defender because he's having to drop that deep and you're relying on Snodgrass being incredibly good, like being good 
good enough in the ball to get himself in that situation. When he does get himself in that situation, he tends to take two or three midfielders. One Motherwell weren't getting suckered into that. They were just sort of standing off and being like, well, let Snodgrass have the ball all he wants because he can't go anywhere with it. When you're playing slightly better teams or, or teams who try to press you, Hibs and Aberdeen, he'll come flying on at Snodgrass. He can turn and take two midfielders out and we're away. I think now, because it, it, felt, it failed so badly at Farfar, I mean, I can't stress how poor it was. I think now it's the time that he can change it and go, right, well, that was that was awful. We've now got St. Johnson at home, a team we've beaten twice already. They're not gonna, it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's a, they're a decent enough side, St. Johnston, but if we didn't win this, I'd start to get quite concerned because we've only got three home games before the split and our four away games are very, very tough. Parkhead, Pataudry, Easter Road, Kelly, shouldn't be tough, but probably will be. So we really need to get nine out of nine from the three home games before the split. I think we'll be all right. I think I mean I've looked through the fixtures. I actually think after the next run of three games, Hibs have well, I mean Hibs have got Livy away, Rangers at home, Celtic away. We've got St John's at home, Celtic away, Aberdeen away. You look at that and think maybe we should actually increase in the gap a wee bit there. But if we don't win on Saturday, I think we we, we need to seriously look at it because chucking third from here would be an absolute disaster. And. I wasn't concerned a week ago or t- before the Motherwell game. I was quite blasé about it, but now I'm, I'm I'm nervous. But we've done this every season on Nielsen. We've done it last season. We got the gap came down to five points, and then we went to St Mirren and won. And in about two weeks, we were twelve clear again. Yeah. I don't see us getting anything at Parkhead on Wednesday, but St Johnston and uh, and Aberdeen, there's every chance we take a decent amount of points at those two games. Sa- so. Saturday's massive. Just to jump in there, Gordon. Sorry, Saturday's massive for both Hibs and Hearts. Um, and it's always the same when you play, when you've got a game against one of the old firm coming up, it's like, right, can you win that? Because if you do, then I always think it gives you that bit more freedom to, uh, I hate using this phrase, to go and have a go at them and treat it as a free hit. Because let's say we do drop points to St. Johnson, then you're like, right, fuck, we could really do with taking something even more than, you know, if we if we hadn't, uh, sorry, if we had picked up a win. So if we can beat St. Johnson, then you'll go to Parkhead and say, eh, fine, you know. And if we lose, it's like, yeah, fine, okay. Right. Yeah. As long I as think, we Hibs as well, obviously. Used to that's what I mean. I think Hibs having Rangers and Celtic back to back gives us a bit of breathing space there. If they were playing, say, I don't know, Livy, Livy away, Dundee United at home, and we had St Johnston and, and Celtic, you're suddenly going about like, fucking this could get a bit, get a bit, uh, a bit too close. But nah, Saturday, I think Saturday, this Saturday's quite, I've said it, we've had some massive wins this season at home. I think Saturday's, this could be a pivotal moment in the season because. If we go and beat St. John's and Hibs drop points to Levy, all of a sudden, you're like, well, that is probably it done. But if the opposite happens, they go and take three points at Almondvale and we lose or draw and it's down to two or three points, then, and, you know, Hibs then got Rangers at home. They don't tend to lose to Rangers at home very often. They don't tend to beat them a lot, but they don't tend to lose to them. They'll get smashed at Parkhead, obviously, but then I suspect we will as well. And I don't really want to be going to Pataudry with the, the chance that Hibs could, could jump ahead of us that day. That'd be quite a and every Saturday so yeah it's huge yeah you're you're looking at a win at Pataudry yeah <laughs> I mean, this is right, you know like you're looking at one of those right if we can win at Pataudry then you would start to say right okay that's enough so you beat St Johnson you beat Aberdeen Rangers and Celtic beat Hibs and okay they can beat Livy if they want but there's another three points gained and you're like right okay but that's what it's going to take for me to relax again is that a win yeah. at Pataudry or a do you know what I mean 
I'm exactly okay. the same. I, like two two weeks ago, even even the Saturday night before the Motherwell game, I was certainly going. It's over. I st- I still think that the way Hibs have been this season, they've been very. I'm, I'm not going to go on about them. They've been very streaky under under Lee Johnson. They'll, they'll win three or four games on the spin, lose three or four games. I, I, they have the consent. That, that's the thing we didn't have last season. Didn't have a team that was able to put any runs together. So even when we did have a wee stumble. Nobody ever closed the gap that much, but Hibs have actually put a run together just to sort of coincide with us stumbling. I think if it was St Johnston five point finders or Dundee United five point finders, we'd be sitting here relaxed. I think it's just purely because it's them. It's it's making people a bit more nervous than, than we probably should be. I guess um, momentum is a big thing in football, and uh, certainly in Scotland, I think you know when teams, I mean, put runs together. You know, we mentioned it last season there, where it looked like we're having a little bit of slippery slope. Then we went to St Mirren away. One two nil and and kind of all of the sort of dominoes just fell, um, nicely for us. Um, you you did mention the running fixtures there, and and it is obviously a tough run of fixtures. Um, you know, I mean, I I hate going to Parkhead at the best of times, but you know, Celtic, I suppose, are our side. If we set up the right way, and and the games have been quite close this season, maybe Hearts could go there and potentially nick a draw, but it's a very difficult place to go, especially if Celtic are in the mood. Um, they could easily just blow us away by half time there, particularly the way we've been defending anyway recently. But you mentioned St Johnson there, absolutely massive game uh, this weekend. Um, beat them twice already, uh, and funny enough, it's they've kind of been goal fest both of them, three two both games. Um, how important will it be actually keeping a clean sheet this time against St Johnson? Because although they're maybe not known for scoring a lot of goals, uh, we have gifted them quite cheap goals this season and then if you look at those two games against well sorry the game against Motherwell there um, the goals that, that we certainly gave away there I mean they were probably schoolboy as they come do you think that that I mean you would imagine that Kai Rolls will be back in the team this that, this weekend surely um, and hopefully Nielsen will go back forward but if Rolls is back there would you expect Hearts to be solid enough now would you expect a different type of game than the previous two have been against St Johnston I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't know if I'm actually that arsed about it. To be honest, I, I just I win. I'm, as long as we as long as we outscore them, I'm not really bothered. I mean, ideally you go win three now with a clean sheet. But I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I don't. They have actually scored quite a lot against us this season. I don't even think about that till now. I think if they take the lead, it gets very nervous. Uh, that that that's kind of the issue with with St Johnson scoring against us. Um, so we weren't conceding a lot of goals. We, we'd sort of turned a corner there. We, we went from keeping, what, two clean sheets in 18 to oh, how many clean sheets did we have there? And that, that run of wins, there was a lot of clean sheets since, since Clark. Yeah, but, the, but surely, surely that was then down to Kai Rolls returning, though. You know what I mean? Because if you think about it, when he was out, I mean, we were all over the shop at the back right. four, but then he's come in suddenly a little bit more solid, yet he's been on the bench for the last two games, and uh, you think, hmm... I mean, that, that's probably something to do. I never, again, never really thought about it like that. But yeah, because Kingsley, he's either there's something not been right with Kingsley since he came back. Yeah, like, I don't know if he's still carrying a knock or if it's just he's been out for that long. He's trying to get up to speed in the middle of quite a busy period of the campaign. But he's just not looked himself at all. I mean, last season he was up there with player of the year, to be honest with you. This year he's just not. I think Rose has to come back in because he's organised the defence. He's a lot more solid. You've got two very young defenders there alongside him, so you need somebody who's gonna who's gonna organise and 
Rose is quite dominant there, kind of gives you what Halkett gave you as well in terms like that. So yeah, I think it's pivotal he comes back in. Hopefully with the wee two week break there, that, that gives him give him the chance to come back. But yeah, I ideally yeah, keep a clean sheet, get back to where we are. A nice wee two nil win would be would be ideal. Go out there, get an early goal, defend well, get another one just start the second half, nice wee easy Saturday afternoon. Yeah, first kind of first sort of three o'clock on a Saturday that we've had. Uh, well, we obviously had the, the Dundee United game, but that was a month ago, incredibly. Yeah, I know February is probably one of the well, it is the shortest month of the year, but still feels like ages since we've been actually back at Tyne Castle. It's uh, quite weird the way the fixtures seem to fall in this year. Right? We seem to go through phases of barely ever been at Tyne Castle, like during the European run, mm. and now we've only got one home game a month between now and the split, which is um. It's quite uh, it's quite annoying actually. Could do a few more home games in the running. Yeah, it's not great yeah. for the bank balances for for those who go every week. Um, I no, it's not. I mean, Celtic set, set twice in the one. I mean, I know we're gonna come on to tickets for these games, but Celtic twice in the one week. It's sixty five quid before you even right. factor in any other part of your day. I know, and and Chantry now will be gone uh, by half time in both games. Uh, anyway, you set me up nicely for that uh, tickets and. Um, well, me and Mr. McLeod, incredibly, uh, everybody knows where we sit, you know, we're section owners, went to go and buy our tickets and we're a bit confused because uh, Jamie's got up, he's walked out of the room. Yeah, yeah, convenient. Um, so anyway, went to go and get our tickets uh, and it wasn't our usual seat that was reserved. Turns out that half a section end, for those who uh, aren't aware, uh, I'm not sure if lower G is the same, but certainly uh, half a section end anyway, has been segregated off. I think around 70-odd fans uh, have been affected uh, because of this. Uh, me and Mr. McLeod are two of them. Now, we weren't told, uh, and it wasn't until I'd actually bought the ticket uh, for 30-odd pounds, as, as Calvin rightly says there, that I realised that we weren't in our, our actual seats. It moved us away from who we usually sit with um, without a care, without even telling us. Now, I think that's disgusting by the football club. I really do. I think it's an absolute disgrace to treat their own supporters that way um, and not even tell us. You know, they, they, they had a statement. They spoke about that they were moving the ultras behind the goal and that's great. That's all fine. But not a thing about lower end. Um, Calvin, obviously, I'll speak to you about it. Do you think the football club has a bit of a problem communicating with its own supporters? Because, I mean, certainly lower end, it's season ticket holders who go every week. A lot of them home and away, you see them. They pay their hard-earned money and they've been absolutely slapped in the face by, I'm not sure who made this decision, but whoever it was, they've made an absolute error. Particularly, I mean, if it, we were told because we emailed the club that it was forced segregation. That's absolutely fine. However, have they then took, have they given the Celtic supporters more, more seats and segregated half the heart's end? Or are both ends segregated? That's what I would like to know, because if they have moved some Hearts fans just to get more Celtic fans in, into the uh, into the stand, well, that, quite frankly, is disgusting. And I'll be bringing that up um, if that's the case after the game, because, I mean, you have to say that it's... Uh, we talk about being a fan-owned club. We, you know, we harp on about it, biggest in the UK, but you can't, you can't start behaving like that and slapping your own supporters in the face. Um, I'll go back to my question anyway as I went on a rant there again um, because it really boiled my piss I'm telling you <laughs> do you, th do you think the club has an issue with, with the way it communicates with its supporters 
I think yeah. it's quite amateurish. So I, I thought that the statement they put out initially was, was really good. It communicated to the people in Lorette what, what was going on. But it wasn't until I found out from you two that, um, that you, you'd just been moved. I would assume Laura G will be the same. There's there's no way they'll... Uh, although Glenn sits in Laura G, he never mentioned it, so I'm not, not sure. Um, but we're we not supposed to have a supporter liaison officer to, to deal with these sort of things. And no, ironically, I did email the support liaison officer, and uh, quite frankly, the um, the reply I got it was it was a bit mundane. I mean, he did apologise, but he did then say he was going to pass the email on higher up the food chain. But yet, I've not heard anything back about that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've really got quite, you've really got a question him at this point. Yeah. Nothing to do with me, lads. What can I say? I'll toe the party line. That's my job. Yeah, party line. <laughs> yeah well, anyway. It, it is, is, in, in all seriousness, though, like, uh, sorry, in all seriousness, it's not great. It's not good for the, the guys that sit there. I, I, if the club has to move, the club has to move. I, that's that's not not the issue. I think the issue is that they just sat you randomly. I think had they, they sent a thing out and said, right, we'll give you an opportunity to buy tickets together, even if it's a, a nicer part of the ground, which is usually because they not normally move. You've not been moved quite a few times because you not normally tend to sit in the sort of nicer move. seats for cup ties. Yeah, we well we we got moved for the um the Hibs game, um the one where um Don Kelly, friend of the show, scored. And um yeah. that was only because it was uh, for the actual I think the telly box or something. They hadn't Aye. built the um the actual oh, T V studio. So, so they, they they put it where our seats was. But they, they, they told us in advance and they moved us to really right in the middle of the stand, uh, basically where I think the director's box is now. So there were great seats, you know, we certainly can't complain there. Aye. We were with who we usually sit with. Um, this time, never said anything. Just said, "There's your reserve." And it, obviously, the way kind of the e-ticket account works is, you know, you go in and it says, you know, you've got one reserved seat. And it's not until you you kind of buy it and you see the confirmation email it tells you. And it was like row whatever. I can't remember where it put me. It was like row twenty five or some shit. And I was like, I don't sit there. So what the hell's going on here? So that's yeah. when I emailed the ticket office, and obviously they they passed me on to the supporters liaison officer who didn't have a clue, but. Um, and, I, and to, it's quite frankly, I think I think the whole thing is is just ridiculous, really. Um, and again, it, it comes down to communication. And I don't want to sit here and, and beat the club with a stick, but you know, when you are fan owned, these things are going to be a lot. Honest, I think you quite enjoy beating the club with a stick, to be honest. But yeah, well, I, mean, I, just, I expect higher standards. Yeah, I expect higher standards. Yeah, I've never listened to the show before. I think they'll know that you're not to beat the club with a Carry the on, reason eh? why the reason why I bring that's things like this up game is because I want all club employees who represent me because because the football club represents me. Simple as that. They're custodians of my football club. The people who are employed by our custodian. No, and I, I expect better from them. Quite simply, we we you know we're a fan-owned club. Do I say I, I spend thousands and thousands of pounds a year watching Hearts? Didn't miss a European game. I mean, I can nearly put myself in a hole. Following that crap all over Europe. I know all this. You put it in your email. I know. And by the way, <laughs> by the way I thought the, thought the response was shoddy. And I'm still waiting on my response from further up the food chain. Uh, I was expecting maybe hospitality or something like that, but I don't think that's too much to ask. But anyway, um, I just think it's not good enough. And we'll obviously keep the fans uh, updated. And, and if, by whatever reason, if Celtic do get extra sections and we have been moved uh, because of that, um, I'll be bringing it up and I'll be taking it a lot further um, than cool. just the supporters liaison officer um, I think we'll be going all the way at the foundation with that one because uh, that's not the way you're supposed to treat your supporters 
Um, but anyway, um, um, enough running. Jamie, tell us about the women's team. I didn't see the game, oh, unfortunately, but they beat Hibs. So congratulations to them. Yeah, beat Hibs, kind of drew with Hibs, sort of. Uh, technically, it was a, it was a league game, obviously. Uh, the, the Capital Cup, obviously, is the publicity stunt that has been formed to try and uh, grow the the women's game in Edinburgh and, and get more uh, more fans along. There was just over seven thousand fans at Tyne Castle on Saturday, which I think, all things considered, is is a decent crowd. The record, obviously, of, of East Road was was uh, eight thousand, but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't beaten then. Sorry, it wasn't beaten. No. Oh right. Well, not. I mean that's not really good enough, is it? Well, you're you're absolutely right, but then I would question, well, where were where were you? Why were you not there? Why would I be going there? I mean, I'm she's a Hearts fan. Why the fuck would you not be going there, you idiot? <laughs> no, I was. Uh, what was I doing on Sunday? I was doing something. You were watching the Celtic Rangers game, like the rest of the country. That's why there was no. No, I only watched sixty-five minutes of the Celtic Rangers game because I had a bet on it, and then as soon as my bet came in, I switched over the uh, the League Cup final. Um, was listen, a lot of one of my only days off. The the rugby was on as well, so I think all things considered, seven thousand is is not a not a bad crowd. Um, to the twelve thousand though, that the, obviously the, the club had said that the thousand never turned up clearly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, five thousand. I mean, not to turn up. Did the club lie about these figures just to kind of boost the? It was actually even more than twelve thousand. I think we'd given away nearly thirteen and a half thousand tickets. Um, so it was even more than. Than five thousand and never turned up, but unfortunately, this is the risk that you take with free tickets. Is that uh, you know we went around schools promoting the game and handing out free tickets and all that. Uh, this they were pretty poor actually for the majority of the ninety minutes. Got a late equaliser, um, a late late header from Georgia Hunter, who's the captain. Um, but but all things considered, Eva was was not happy. I've I've got to say, uh, she was not happy with that performance at all. Um. But thankfully, they they managed to get uh, get a draw in the end, and they did win the, the subsequent penalty shootout. But to be honest, I would rather speak about last night because they went up to Dundee United and won two 0 last night. Yeah. When I drew nil nil with Aberdeen, which means they're now five points ahead of Hibs in fourth spot, and top six is secured now for for the women's team. That's uh, their highest ever SWPL finish. So, um, I think a lot of credit has to go to has to go to Ava. It's as as simple as that. And I, I do think uh, me uh, joining the Joining the club has, has had something to do with the, the progression as well. Well, I mean, I, I was going to mention last night there, actually, and, and obviously that, that kind of gap that they have and got between them and the Wii team. Um, did they get into Europe if they finished fourth? Top two. Only top two, unfortunately. Oh, is it only top two? Right? I thought it was like more than that. Way to go for that. Yeah, but it is good that they, they are obviously making huge strides because, I mean, for years, I mean, Women's football at Hearts had been non-existent. Nobody really gave a shit about it. And I think, to be fair, I think there's there's good reasons behind that. I think Hearts had their own kind of issues to, to deal with. Um, you know, yeah. for skin, obviously. Um, for the the last kind of, I don't know, decade almost, if you want to go back that far. So I think uh, I think there's it's not excuses, but there's reasons why Hibs women, for example, have been um largely largely better than Hearts. And to be honest, even Celtic and Rangers have finally just started putting money in it last kind of two three years so it's uh, yeah. it's definitely on the up in this country and uh, hearts will i expect finish above hibs this season and to be honest it wouldn't surprise me if hearts um kind of kicked on a wee bit in the in the women's game now and, and really started to push the push what is the top three obviously in uh, in women's football and it wouldn't surprise me to see hearts women split the old firm before hearts men 
yeah, pro- probably a, a good shout that. But uh, anyway, congratulations to the women. Anyway, hopefully they can go and secure uh, fourth place and uh, the riches, whatever they may be, that, that come along with that one. Um, before we kind of move on, uh, I don't really want to talk about Celtic midweek, to be honest with you, because it's Celtic, it's Celtic away, it's midweek, and we'll probably be away by half time. Are either you two dough balls going, or is it just me? I'll be working yeah. out. I'm going. Me and Ali are right. going. Good, yeah. good. So we'll, we'll, we'll do what we usually do. 3-0 down, back to town. Yes. Yeah. Probably, uh, the problem with Parkhead is they, they don't have the kind of jazzy music to, to walk out to and tune like you do at Ibrox. They don't have that scooter song to do. do, 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 do I don't know. Do, they play some weird little tune when Kyogo scores now. It's like some sort of thing that you used to hear. Is it not? Uh, yeah, I think it might be actually. Yeah, um, so yeah, I can I can absolutely see that coming. Um, I'm sure I've still got my triple captain using Scotch fantasy. Yeah. I used it last season when they, when Celtic played us and uh, Kyogo delivered. So I'd imagine something similar. Um, do you give us any chance at all of getting a result, either of you? Nah, nah, nah. Nope. and I I would almost be quite worried if we did get a result because you're not getting two results against them in a week. Mm. Um, no, I I listen. It's more. I I don't know why I bothered going. Neither me or Ali had the bottle to say I'm no going. Right. So we both kind of reluctantly bought tickets. You know what it is, Calvin? It's because I think if we, we finally do get that shot result, then you'll be like, it'll be the one game that we don't go to. And you'll be like, ah, right, well, that, that, that's the thing. it'll be an hour 15 years. Well, that's it, because it's, it's like an average of every 50 years we, we went through there. that uh, It's got to be coming soon. I, I highly doubt it's going to be this Wednesday, but. Yeah, right, you don't want to miss it, because <laughs> it'll be yeah. nearly 50 the next time it happens, so... Uh... You know what's funny? I've actually seen the same amount of wins at Parkhead that I have that I have at Pataudry, which is That's quite shocking. That yeah. is really bad. That is. Yeah, I'm two wins each. You've seen two at Parkhead? I've only seen one at Parkhead, I think. No, nah, I was at both League Cup games. I've seen quite a few draws. We went through a really good phase through there of... I'm not losing. I'm not losing. Obviously, lost more than yeah. one. But compared to now, I can't. I mean, when did the last season? I know we scored there last season. I forgot about that. Open the score in there last season. Yeah, So, and every time that we did seem to score, there always used to be consolation. By this point, I'd already yeah. left. So I can't. That's even what I mean. I've not seen. I've not seen a, not seen a score. score a non-consolation goal at Parkhead since. And Jamie Walker opened the score and under Nielsen. Mm. Pumped uh, we should have beat them that day. Well, Scott Brown should have been sent off. Yeah, Scott Brown should be sold for Fraser Salt. Yeah. I think it was on well, Walker, we, actually. We missed two absolute setters at 1-0. Aye. Could have been three and a half in the first 20 minutes that day. Ah, we still um, would have chucked it, let's be honest. I would probably um, have. But... See, I'll tell you something, my, my first ever trip to Parkhead, we were winning 2-0 with two minutes to go and it finished 2-2. Oh, what was that one? It was under uh, Levine. Yeah, it was Martin O'Neill, yeah, like, you know, Larson and all that. I think, I uh, can't remember... Uh, I think it may be like Thompson and Chris Sutton or something. I mean, basically, Hearts won in 2 0. Looked like they were heading for a famous win at uh, Celtic Park. And then, literally, stoppage time went up. Uh, bang, goal. Then, I think we took kickoff, lost the ball, they ran out of the park, made it 2 2. Like my, my first ever trip there was a 5 0 defeat, and it's very rarely got much better. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've, I've been on the end of a few 5 0 defeats, but I've never stayed for them. So, technically, they don't count. Um, I think threes maybe is probably as good as it gets. I think I've been there for maybe four. Yeah, I think I stayed for most of a 4-0 defeat under Cathro for some reason. 
Can't remember why. But yeah, but but hopefully um Castro not gone by that point. Was that not John Daly? Nah, nah, that was the start of uh, the following four one. I never went to that one. It was actually when he was in charge. Um I don't remember he... Castro going to Parkhead. Yeah, no, he did. It was not long oh, after the it... No, we got pumped four 0 but it was right it was one nil for like eighty five minute or something. Uh, it was it was a Sunday, I think, because I, I, no, I don't remember the game. I didn't bother going. It was on the telly, I think. Yeah, it was on the telly, but it was definitely it was like it was only one 0 for the 80th minute. That's probably why you ended up seeing all four, because I think that I think they scored three in the last the five or six minutes. Yeah, done our usual heads down. Probably after the point where you kind of get out, kept you behind, and you just got stand and watch as they just rattled. Yeah. No, I remember that game because I thought we actually done all right up until complete collapse at the end. I'm just yeah. I don't hold out much hope for Wednesday. Hopefully, so we, the games under the games between Celtic and Hearts under Nielsen and and Ange have been they have been really close. Like aside from the one at the end of last season when we were one eye on the cup final and they'd already won the league, it's only ever been one goal in it aside from the the two 0 start of this season. But we played really well with a, what, a third string team after coming back from Zurich, and yeah. they didn't really put us they didn't put us to bed till we were down to nine minutes. So, I'm not saying we're going to do it. I've got far more hope for the cup game, but yeah, I'm, I think I, I think the, the game at Parkhead will actually be tighter than than what we think. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll win, but I, I don't think we'll be. I don't think it's going to be an absolute drubbing. Celtic so, so yeah. in really good form now, but uh, I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd be. I mean, they, they are streets above anybody else. And to be honest yeah. with you, I think you know if somehow we can pull off a surprise in, in that cup game, I, I just don't see. Them not winning the treble. I think you, you know, you mentioned that Rangers game. They, they were. I mean, apart. I mean, Rangers got the goal back, and obviously they put pressure on. But Celtic, you know, in that that first hour, Rangers couldn't get anywhere near them, and that wasn't necessarily down to Rangers not playing well. I just thought Celtic were were at it, and when when they are, they're they're so good. And unfortunately, it's it's tough for anybody to get near them. Just the energy and the, and the pace and power that they've got, and then you know, even if they aren't playing particularly well, they've got five or six players on the bench that they can bring on to change their entire formation, but also give them an extra boost. You know, Leo Labada, I think, last season, I mean, how many games did he actually start? But he ended up with, like, you know, double figures in terms of goals. You know, you've still got James Forrest on there as well. So it's frightening the, the depth that Celtic have at the moment. And in the fact where they were 18 months ago to where they are now, it really is uh, It really is quite scary, unfortunately. So the sooner Ange fucks off, the better, to be honest with you. Um but if Hearts can go there and put a similar performance like they did midweek last season, um, and because, I mean, let's be honest with you, we absolutely should have got something that night because uh, mm-hmm. we were robbed by the corrupt linesman. But um, but even then, I still thought we created more than enough chances to get a result. If we can maybe perform like that, you never know. We might we might get a little bit of luck. Maybe maybe nick a draw. That would be quite nice. As long as we get our goal, Calvin, that's what we're, that's what we're really yes. wanting, isn't it? Yes. I would like yeah, to not be away win. by by half time. It would be nice, or at least not even not not even considering that. That'd be nice. Not be sitting there going, hmm. Aye, having that little bit of hope, eh? That, that little yeah. bit of hope. Yeah. So. I mean, that's all we ask. I mean, I mean, is, is that so much to ask for? That we just want a little bit of hope to think that maybe maybe we can get something out of the game. Is that all we're asking for here? It's quite bad. That's, that's all. It? That's all I want. Three wins in forty. I think Spencer said it was against Celtic. So, 
Uh, home and away, is that just? I think, yeah, I think just in general. Uh, oh, just yeah. in general. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking badly. Pitiful. Yeah. Pitiful. Yeah. Um, I'm not as angry as I was uh, last week, which is maybe a good thing now, and I'm actually quite looking forward to Saturday's game. Score predictions then. I'll, I'll start with yourself, Calvin. We'll go for both games. I'll start with St. Johnston. 2-0. 2 uh, to Hearts for the St. Johnston game. And Celtic. And... 3-1 to Celtic. I think we'll equalise in the first half and they'll beat us with about 20 minutes to go. Well, I, think at least be, I think it'll be a game we come away going, that was awfully tight, but then when you actually look back at it, we'll probably end up well beaten, but it'll seem tighter at the time. Aye, 90% possession and you know, yeah. 25% to go or something to our two, but at least we'd have limbs. Um, Jamie, uh, St Johnston. Yeah, I'll go three-one Hearts for this one. St Johnston have actually been scoring um a decent amount of goals by their by their usual standards this season. So, and we haven't really been keeping clean sheets as we kind of vaguely touched on earlier, or we did for a, a short period anyway. But I'll I'll go three-one Hearts. I think. Uh, yeah. Both yeah, teams' score seems to be a, a pretty uh, a pretty decent one at the moment. Landed a few times this season for us. Yeah, certainly has. Uh, and then our trip to the east end of Glasgow. And yeah, I think we might score again here as well. Just I think on the break, the, the Janelli and behind, I think that could be a, a nice tactic for us. When we went through to Ibrox that midweek game, I thought um, on the rare occasions that we maybe ventured forward, that kind of ball in behind was always on. And to be honest, I'm still still have my doubts about the Celtic defence. Um, and I know everybody will kind of wax lyrical about them and say that they've been keeping clean sheets, but I still think they're they're there for the taking. And uh, yeah, I think we'll score, but yeah, I think three one Celtic as well. To be honest, I'll go. I'll copy my my mate Calvin there. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Anyway, until uh, next week, hopefully, hopefully, it's six what, points. What What's your prediction? My prediction. Hey. Uh, I think we'll we'll beat St Johnston. I don't know. I'd I'd like to think three nil. My heart says three nil, but my head says it'll be two one. Um, and we'll be absolutely raging. And then you know, my That's heart says, my heart says one one at Parkhead, but my head says five nil because I've seen it all before. Um, so I'm just gonna stop listening to my heart now because it breaks every single time it's wrong. So we'll go with my head <laughs> two one and five nil. You put on five nil. I'll lump it because actually sometimes yeah. usually when I do lump it, it doesn't happen. So yeah. Um, yeah, damage limitation, I suppose, might be a good shot. Yeah, I'll go for minus three, actually. That's probably, I think that's a safer one because, you know, if I had 5 0 and then they go and win 6 0, then it would just piss me off even more. Um, so, yeah, so I'll go for minus three, try and cover my, try and get my ticket money back. Um, <laughs> see what happens there. Eh? Anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully, it'll be a famous six points. We'll sit and talk about what will be delayed. Robbie Nielsen for manager of the year. Hopefully he'll get his knighthood after these two wins. But uh, let's be honest with you, when pigs fly, thanks for listening. Goodbye.